Hello everyone, how are you today? Thank you for tuning in again and welcome to the second episode of my podcast, Ride the Flow. I am your host, Joanna, and today we are going to talk all about freelancing in your 20s. But before we begin, let's turn to our weekly segments. The first one is our word of the week or intention for the week or just a thing I'm living by this week, basically. And that week um, I've chosen a form of a question, per se, for my intention of the week. And that's, will it matter in the long run? Or will I be thinking about this in five years? And I feel like I've just been in my head a lot for the past few days. And I have been stressing over small things that don't really matter that much even if it I don't know even if they seem like a big deal to me now I know that they won't matter in as little as like even a month probably so let alone something like five years but I guess my advice or the thing from my intention of the week is to remind yourself that no matter what you're dealing with right now you just, you got it, and you'll come on the other side stronger and realize that it didn't deserve all that stress that you were putting on yourself, all that, I don't know, anxiety that it was provoking. You were probably overthinking something last year at this time that now you don't lose sleep over. So the same will happen with the minor day-to-day stresses you have now. And I just remember, like, on Friday, it's Tuesday that I'm recording this, you're going to listen to this on Wednesday, but on Friday this week, I was just stressing over something that I know will be insignificant in the long run, but in that first moment, it seemed like the end of the world, basically. And I remember, it just, I stood there, and I remember last year at that time, I just, I don't remember what exactly it was, but it was something else that I was just feeling so worried about so anxious over and now I don't even remember what that is so yeah you can imagine how important that is but yeah of course I realize that this might sound like oversimplification if you're dealing with something bigger so that what I mean refers to like minor stresses that seem major at the moment like oh an upcoming assignment or, or like a grade or something that is so tiny but yeah just stay strong you got this The next segment is some form of self-development concept or exercise or a useful material or strategy or a thingy, as I said last week. Um, And this week I wanted to talk to you about a very interesting mindset strategy that Ben Willems, who is a former Royal Marines Commando and now Chief Product Officer at Lupin, um, he talks about this as a guest on Stephen Bartlett's podcast, Diary of a CEO. And yes, I will probably mention this in every single episode because I'm obsessed with this podcast and is currently the one that I'm listening to every day at the gym. So yeah. So yeah, basically, um, at that podcast episode, Ben um, talks about his strategy that is called ARA strategy. And this stands for A, accept, so think with clarity. R, remove or remove unwanted emotion. And the last A is adapt or what has changed and what do we do now? And this mindset strategy is based on principles that he learned as a Marine, but basically can be used with when facing any adversity or crisis situation, if you want to put it that way. 
Usually our first response is to panic and perhaps even make something irrational, let's say. Uh, if we're in a high-pressure, like, stressful situation, we don't think logically, let's be realistic. So this mindset strategy is meant to help you deal rationally with any, as I said, crisis situation, just like very high-pressure, stressful thing that's happening. And to be honest, I can say that it does work. And I'm a highly emotional person. Well, and sometimes in a stressful situation, I fail to react logically. But ironically, on the same day that I listened to that podcast, I had something rather unpleasant happen to me. And I say that for the sake of the honesty, I promise that for the first half an hour, I wasn't following that mindset. I wasn't following any strategy about dealing with like adversity or something like this. I was in my oh shit moment and uh, yeah I don't know I started thinking about this and I went through it step by step obviously after that half an hour of like panicking and feeling sorry for myself which we're not proud of but we are humans but yeah basically I started going through the whole ARA strategy accept so that is the situation this thing has happened to me remove stop feeling sorry for myself this is not going to help me now. And then adapt. How do I move on? What are the things that I can control in this scenario? Because this is something else that I've been doing in, when I'm facing like a difficult situation, something I learned last year, is that I really need to focus on the things that I can control. Because this is that's the only thing you can change. You can't change things that you don't have any control over. So why stress about them? And I kid you not, I am not making this up. Another half an hour later, I was relaxing on my desk and I was planning my next project because I realized that um, I was making the situation to be a lot bigger in my head than it actually was. And now, a few days later, I do know that, yeah, I was overreacting a little bit there and I'm happy that I did the whole ARA strategy. So, yeah, that is my self-development concept of the week. And then the last segment is a noteworthy mention of the week where I share something that I'm loving this week and I think you should check, like, might be a book, a podcast episode, a video, a person, food, activity, just something worth mentioning, basically. And this week, that is an app that I have been using religiously for the past three years now. I want to say three years. Yeah, it, I think it's three years. And that is Notion. See, this is actually another instance where if you're one of my friends listening to this, you're probably rolling your eyes right now and are thinking, here she goes again. As I've been kindly bullying everyone around me to try it out. As, uh, it has been such a game changer for me, so I just want everyone to try it. And every time someone's like, oh, I don't know, I just want to be more productive. I'm like, Notion, just just Notion, nothing else, just Notion. Yeah, I, I, it is my second brain, my, my memory, my organization system, my productivity helper, if you wish. And I literally organize my whole life on it. And I mean, my whole life. Like, from university assignments, assessments, my, my dissertation even, to the books I'm reading or places I want to go to. Uh, obviously, my daily and weekly to-do lists are also there. And yeah, as I said, everything. Just... If it's not on my Notion, it probably is not important. This is the extent to which I, I rely on my Notion, which, yeah, is a nice thing. He, Notion is my best friend, which is not sad. We're not going to make this sad. And the best thing about Notion is that you get to person, personal, personalize. 
See, that is one of the instances that I was talking about in the first episode. And a part of me wishes to edit this out, but you know what? As I said, for the sake of honesty, we're just going to leave this in and we're going to power through. So what I was saying is that you can personalize it as much as you want. But if you feel lazy or not in the mood to spend the initial five hours <laughs> I did when I first started setting up mine, there are also some like nice templates out there that you can use. So pretty much you can Google them and you can find a bunch of free ones. And yeah, I'll probably keep on mentioning it throughout the episode. So just do yourself a favor and please, please check it out. Okay, now let's just move on to the topic of the episode because I'm so excited to talk about this. Just freelancing in your 20s. Like, interestingly, when I was actually thinking about this topic, I read somewhere that there are currently over 2 million freelancers in the UK and they contribute roughly, uh, I think it was something like 125 billion pounds to the economy. Yes, billion pounds. And the number of freelancers in their 20s in the UK has increased by 3 or 4% in 2021, which means that being a freelancer is becoming more and more popular, which, yay, I, I see why, I definitely see why. And I don't find it surprising that it has grown in numbers exactly in 2021, as I feel like the pandemic was a huge eye-opener for us in terms of like job opportunities and the different things we can actually do. I actually started my freelance journey in that year as well, although now I wish I had done it sooner, but better now than never, I guess. Better late than never. But yeah, let's go back a bit so I can tell you how I got into freelancing. And now that I just said I started in 2021, but I will go a bit further back for the sake of setting the scene for you. So... When I was in high school, I had no idea that I would be here doing what I'm doing now. And I really mean no idea. Because, see, I, I come from Eastern Europe and there you, you pretty much have three career options, which are a doctor, a lawyer or a failure. And clearly, according to the standard, I chose the latter one, but... I was expected by everyone, and I mean everyone, um, around me to say something connected to medicine or pharmacy or dentistry. And it doesn't help that my whole family does something in this sphere. Like, I swear, even my six-year-old nephew is telling me he's going to be a surgeon. Although, you know, I still have time to bribe him on the humanity side of things. And for my sister, who is probably listening to this, I'm only joking. Of course, he, he can be a, a surgeon. Of course, of course. So, yeah. Naturally, my parents and my teachers, and I mean chemistry and biology teachers, they really wanted me to pursue that further. And I spent my whole time in high school preparing for like the university entry exams uh, for those, dis those disciplines. And the idea was for me to go to the capital in Bulgaria or one other town uh, on the seaside and study one of those things, basically. So yeah, I can vividly remember being 17 years old. And thinking, I would go to uni, I would study pharmacy, but I would still do my writing and my other hobbies in my free time. And now I'm looking at my friends who went that road and I'm wondering what free time was I on about? Like, how was I going to study something so demanding, like one of those disciplines for six years, but still find time to do my, my hobbies? I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm just saying, how? How how do you do that? I, I seriously don't know how, how people do that. But, um, yeah, <laughs> anyways, in my last year, I did something that 
honestly, still don't know how I decided to do that or gather the courage. But I applied for a literature and creative writing course in Scotland. And here I am, obviously now, so it worked. But in a matter of a day, I went from considering pharmacy in Bulgaria to preparing my documents for a literature degree in Scotland. So you can see that's like a big jump there, I would say. But yeah, it wasn't the smoothest ride. And I had some tense, let's say tense moments with my parents when I told them, which... I can get into in another episode, although it is forgiven now, so we're not going to delve too much into this now. But yeah, also, surprisingly, my biology teacher, who acted as if I had started taking drugs or something, she went into a whole dramatic monologue about the way I've ruined my life and how I used to be such a bright child, but then obviously something happened to me, and that something means I'm not studying what they told I was supposed to study but yeah um, it was a whole drama thing which is not very fun but we move on and one of the things that all of those people around me that were kind enough to lend me their opinions when I wasn't really asking for them um so yeah one of the things they had in common was that they were all telling me that it was pointless I was never going to find a job I was going to end up regretting this and still doing like a pharmacy degree in the end just after what was it playing around with that degree and I am making quotation air quotation marks or whatever because this is how they were referring to the whole thing and probably in my first year here it was partially my ego that kept me with my head up high thinking that no matter what I was going to find a way but also now I just think that I always knew and I still believe that no matter what happens I I will be okay. I, I know I will be. And also, I know that I cannot be happy just doing one thing, one job. Like, I am sure it would drive me crazy, honestly. And I like having challenges. I like having to work hard to achieve what I want. And pretty much, I yeah, this is how I entered freelancing. It was the perfect thing. It was a challenge. It was something that allowed me to do more than one thing. So yeah, it seemed like the perfect thing. And I also must say that I owe a huge thank you to my boyfriend in second year of university because he was my role model and he started his own side hustle when we were around 16. And obviously growing up with him, I would always admire how dedicated he was to the brand or the business he was building as a music producer. So yeah, one day during online classes in my second year of university, because this was the lovely COVID times when we were all just like at home. Yeah, between, it was in a break between two seminars. And I thought, why not just try? What what is there really to lose? So I set up my first gig on Fiverr, which is pretty much freelancers heaven and first stepping stone. I would say Fiverr is where most people start. And yeah, I set up a beta reading slash proofreading gig on there and honestly I had little to no expectations and I mean really no expectations. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to try this out. Probably not going to work, probably nothing's going to happen, but why why not? And at the time, I was still working part-time at a pizza place in Dundee, which I hated so much. <laughs> so I remember joking and maybe, maybe secretly hoping that this freelancing thing will pick up so I can quit this awful place and just be a freelancer while at uni. And yeah, fast forward 10 or 11 months after that, it, it did pick up. And 
it was enough for me to quit my other part-time job, which was my proudest moment. <laughs> Not only because I was done with the pizza place, but also because I was earning my money with something I loved doing. Something that people back home told me was impossible and that I would fail. I I was doing it. I was I was doing the thing that I I told all of them that I would prove wrong. And obviously it wasn't anything that impressive at the beginning, especially the first month when I was patiently waiting, patiently as the most impatient person. <laughs> I was patiently waiting for my first order and I believe I read a thirty thousand words yeah, it was a thirty thousand word story. First letter was I don't know, $15 or something like this. But yeah, you need to start from somewhere and your prices go up as you build up the confidence. So it is it is everyone's beginning. And I have been providing that service for almost two years now. Uh, I'm just starting to believe in what I do. At the beginning, it was so much imposter syndrome. And every time a customer thanked me for a job well done or tipped me or something like this, I would actually cringe a little because I was thinking that they were mistaken. I didn't know what I was doing. Leave alone be good at it. So I was like, no, no, why? Why? But why are you giving me money? Like, no. But yeah, as I said, building the confidence takes some time and you need to you, you start trusting yourself as you do more of it in a way. So yeah, without practice, you can't really build this confidence in yourself. Or if you can, I admire you. Please teach me your ways. Um, and yeah, a bit after that. In fact, I started that gig in March 2021. And that other thing happened in October. So basically eight months later... I got another nice opportunity to work as a freelance social media manager slash content creator for a productivity coach that was based in America. And at first, I was again panicking that this was so outside of my comfort zone. Although by the time I was already running my own social, so I had some experience, but again, some is a crucial word here. And I worked with her team until August of this year, so basically almost a year. And I must say, although I wasn't happy with some of the working conditions, I'm not going to go into a whole rant here, let's just say some of the working conditions, this job taught me like a lot of a lot of things, which I'm really grateful. As I, I've come to know that any skill you learn will be useful at some point um, or another, so you just never know. Anything will be useful at some point, I promise you. And so far, those experiences have been okay. I mean, I love my Fiverr work, apart from a few frustrating customers throughout the years, for which I can vent in another episode, but let's stay on the positive side. Says she, she's about to say something negative, but you just move on. Um, but yeah, I, I love my Fiverr work, and I enjoyed some aspects of my social media managing slash content creator work, but I am definitely not here to tell you that any freelancing experiences will be amazing. And in fact, I had one not so fun experience over the summer. Although reflecting on it now, it did teach me a very important lesson. So um, again, I am grateful for that opportunity as well, I guess. But yeah, a little backstory. So over the summer, I had an internship with the company I currently work with. And no, that's that's definitely not the bad experience. I, I realized how this started. That's definitely not the bad experience. That was and still is the healthiest environment I've encountered. But yeah, um, some weeks into that internship, I got an email from a previous Fiverr customer that I had worked with multiple times, like editing their work. So yeah, they were asking whether we could have a call. 
as they had a job opportunity they wanted to discuss with me. <sighs> and see, here is my first mistake. As I was already doing a full-time internship, 40 hours a week, and commuting four hours a day to the office in Edinburgh for half of those days, um, I was doing my Fiverr gig, my social media managing job, and I was trying to devote time to my YouTube channel, which, oh, I was miserably failing doing so, but I was trying to. But yeah, my FOMO, or fear of missing out, literally wouldn't let me not hop on that call, so mm, hop I did. And we had a chat, and I don't know, let me tell you, somehow this opportunity just sounded so exciting to me back then. Like, that was the perfect freelance opportunity. Obviously, it seemed so, it seemed like the perfect opportunity, and I just, it felt illogical to say no, so obviously, I did say yeah. And I feel like in that moment, as dramatic as it sounds, I could hear all of those people who told me I was making the mistake of my life, deciding not to follow the usual path or the one they thought was right for me at least. Um, Yeah, I could hear them in my head and I was replaying this argument I had with my parents when I told them that I was going to study something else. And all of those thoughts, all of those voices in my head, like, don't want to sound crazy or something, but yes, all of those voices in my head just pushed me to say yes even more. So, yeah, there I was, juggling four jobs at the same time. So please don't ask me about the state of my, my mental health, because um, I seriously don't know what to tell you there. Well, to be honest, this is still one of my favorite summers, and I still had so much fun. But anyways, that is probably something that needs to be psychoanalyzed, but we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do this now. But yeah, before I accepted the job, I wanted to be very clear on the whole thing. So I told the person, uh, okay, let's just call him Ted, because there is no reason to include the actual name. So yeah, uh, I told Ted that I already had a full-time internship and I could only take this job if he was okay with me working just very little hours, at least until the internship was over, because at that time I didn't know that they would offer me a permanent position. So yeah, he was okay with the whole deal. Um, I seemed so understanding. And I actually remember one of the things he said was that he valued people's mental health so much and would rather me practice yoga or go for a walk instead of do an extra half an hour work for him. And that was something new in my freelancing experience. So it sounded like an incredibly healthy working environment. And I won't bore you with all the details, so just fast forward a bit and tell you that while there were some very good motivating and inspiring moments in this job and and that did give me some incredible advice on various things this job had such a detrimental impact on my mental health that I was back to regularly crying in the middle of the week it wasn't a little buying milk this time but it was just regularly crying in the middle of my kitchen because this job was just taking its toll on me. And firstly, we talked about one position which then got changed a couple of times without me having a proper say in this, really. And then there was also some misunderstanding when one of the other people in Ted's team where instead of talking to me like colleagues would do, that person chose to talk behind my back or moments where I would do my job, like my task that I was given, and then they might 
tasks, like the, the, the work I've done, would just disappear or be invalidated because of various reasons. And yeah, a lot of other things that were just piling up on top of each other and were making me feel so, I don't know, helpless at that moment. And I feel like the chair on top was the last call me and Ted had, where he asked me to do double the work for half the pay, which it was the last straw for me. See, when you go the freelancer route, you you need to respect yourself, you need to respect your work, because if you don't, your customers won't either. And you need to know what an hour of your time of your effort, of your skills and knowledge is worth. And you should never settle for less because this is just a sure way to feel miserable and eventually start hating what you do. And obviously, this is not what you want to do. Because if you are in for the long run, for the long game at freelancing, you need to be enjoying what you're doing. You shouldn't just be waiting for the, na- the next paycheck. But yeah, as I said, I know that this experience taught me a very valuable lesson and I hope that I remember that lesson which is that sometimes you need to say no to good opportunities for your sake for your mental health sake you cannot pour from an empty cup so agreeing to do something just because it sounds like a good opportunity but is actually draining you will basically affect everything else you do and it can actually step set you a few steps back so there is no point and I repeat sometimes it's just better to say no to good opportunities which also <laughs> leads me to my biggest advice to anyone who wants to try freelancing in your 20s first of all do it you have nothing to lose even if you start and figure out it's not your thing it's not for you you now know and won't wonder what if later on. And as I said, every experience teaches you something, so there is always something to gain from everything. But my second biggest advice is to really know your why. Know what you want to do and don't just do something that will earn you money. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying money is not important, because Obviously this, as an international student, a university student, I definitely know money is important. But if it is not earned from something you enjoy or are interested in, or at least at least curious about, that's a sure way down the burnout driveway. And I believe that, you know, I, I believe that you get burned out when you do a lot of what you don't actually enjoy doing. And this is what makes you burnt out. So when you consider what type of freelancing you can try, don't just jump on the one that is going to earn you money the easiest way or the fastest way. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say I didn't swallow that lane for a bit either. I was lost for a few months researching endeavors that were popular, but weren't necessarily what I was passionate about, but were going to earn me money faster as a freelancer or something like this. But yeah, I can promise you that now... I'm working on things that are actually connected to my passion, to my purpose, to the things that actually excite me. And I've never been more energized and just motivated to work harder. But yeah, how how do you figure that out? Well, you've probably heard about the Ikigai concept. It is basically like a Japanese concept that means, I think it means your reason for being. And it has four components if you, if you google it now you see this diagram that shows that ikigai 
is the um, convergence of four areas of life. Um, and they are what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. And this is a very good start to start finding your purpose, your passion, and a way to turn those obviously into something that can earn your money and can welcome you into the freelancing world. So yeah, consider your skill set, consider the things that you're curious about, the things you... Or also the things that you see are not yet on the market or something that you can add value to that already exists because it's very difficult to find something that hasn't been done before. But find something that already exists. But think of how you can put your own special take on it. Just, Just go for it. Just go for it. And I'm sure you can think of plenty of pros of freelancing like the freedom to work from home or anywhere in the world for that matter, the freedom to define your own schedule and all of this is true, definitely true. One of my favorite things is that I can work in my leggings at home or go to a cafe and spend the afternoon working on my laptop there, being the main character, feeling like the main character, (laughs) or even better, when I travel to visit my family in Bulgaria, I can work from there with no problem at all. I also do get to decide whether I'll start working on my order for the day at like 9am after the gym or I'll go to brunch with friends and start work at 3pm or something like this. And I would also add that another big pro of freelancing is that you get to expand your knowledge and your skill set. So even if your end goal is not the freelancer life, if you do want to get a corporate job, you become more employable by showing companies your experience and your initiative. Companies love seeing that you did a job that wasn't the conventional one, if that makes any sense. But yeah, with that said, I do want to clarify that there are obviously cons to it as well, that not enough people are talking about, in my opinion. Yes, I, I can work from home or a cafe or while on a vacation, but that also means that my work goes everywhere with me and I mean everywhere as I don't leave the house without my iPad on which I do most of my editing so yeah that means that I find it hard to relax and switch off a lot of the time like sometimes I'll be I'll be done with my work for the day I would want to open Netflix or YouTube or something but because I'm still at my desk with my laptop in front of me I just feel guilty that I'm not starting on some work for the next day working on some new project or something like this and I remember last year around around the Christmas holidays a friend of mine who they had a part-time job in in hospitality so they yeah they looked at me and told me oh how lucky it was that I got to have as long holiday as I wanted and they only got a week and I didn't say anything back then. I was like, I know that this is how it looks to people from the outside. But while they got those seven days in which they didn't have to worry about work at all. They didn't have to think about the restaurant or whatever place that they were working at. I was up at 6am on Christmas Eve finishing an order. And and don't get me wrong. I am not complaining. I am, I am so grateful that I get to do what I do. I'm just saying those things for the sake of transparency, basically. And I'm saying that those positives come with some negatives as well. I don't want anyone going into this thinking that it's flowers and roses and it's just perfect. And yeah, I do get to define my own schedule. But that also means that if I decide to go out during the day or I 
procrastinate too much, honestly, scrolling on my phone, calling myself out. Yeah, I need to catch up on work, which means I'll have to stay up late throughout the night. And we're not going to go into my unhealthy habits from last year, where I was working till 4am, waking up at 6am, because that's, that's, that's something we're going to discuss in another episode. But yeah, I'm saying that I do define my own schedule, but there are consequences to that as well. And moreover, because I'm practically my own boss, uh, I can be I can be extremely strict on myself, and I struggle with the whole work life balance thing. Sometimes, I must say that I've been better in 2022, but I also realize that there is a long way to go until I can call it a, a healthy work life balance without mm, over exaggerating. Yeah. Um. What else? Yeah. Also, you. Don't get any sick days or anything like this, which honestly is the worst for me. Because <laughs> an example is literally yesterday. I had the worst headache. I was just feeling so sick the whole day. But I had to finish an order. So I had to power through my work despite how I was feeling. Because this is one thing that, about freelancing that we are not usually talking about. But it is the reality. And yeah. The bottom line of all of this is that it obviously, like freelancing obviously has cons and pros as anything else, pretty much. But I still believe that it is so worth trying out, especially in your 20s. You you just get to learn so much about like the different opportunities you have. And not to be cheesy or anything, excuse me, I'll be cheesy, but you also learn a lot about yourself. You, you build resilience, you create connections in some cases, and just experience so much. You experience something different and something new. So yes, please just do me a favor and try it out. And, and if you do, or if you're already a freelancer, please, please, please reach out to the pod's Instagram, which is at writetheflowpod, because I, I just love chatting about this. Um, one of my closest friends recently got into the whole freelancer world after I gently bullied her <laughs> the whole summer, and I I cannot express to you how how excited and happy I am for her. So yes, if if you need this gentle bullying into trying freelancing, I am your person. Please reach out, and I will be your accountability bully, as I call it now. But yeah. <laughs> That's that's the end of the second episode. Thank you so much for joining me again. And thank you for listening to me. I I cannot wait to share more with you in the next episode. So if you haven't already, you can hit the little follow button for new episodes every Wednesday. And yeah, just join me so we can talk all about figuring life out in your 20s. Yeah, just remember that you're the one writing your life. And you choose the story. Keep writing the flow. And I'll see you next time.